Welcome to the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast, where we let you in on the secrets commercial landlords would prefer you not know. On today's episode, Big Brother is watching you. Our topic is workplace surveillance, and I'm here to tell you it's a little scary. This broadcast is brought to you by Riata Commercial Realty. We exclusively represent users of office and warehouse properties. Landlords have representation. Do you? One of the favorite podcasts that I think we both really enjoy is by the New York Times called The Daily. Yep. And it's daily, Monday through Friday. (laughs) And I listened to a podcast on it the other day and mentioned it to you. And before I could say, Jack Squat, you'd listen to it too. And we both got to talking about it. And I just thought it was really critical to bring to our audience and discuss it. The title of the podcast was The Rise of Workplace Surveillance. I'm not sure if I was scared, mad, or just more confused, but it was something I really felt like we ought to talk about. Yeah, I agree with you. It was very thought-provoking, that episode was, especially especially in today's climate of, you know, work from home and everybody trying to, you know, employers trying to get their employees back to the office and all that kind of thing. The first example that they gave in the podcast was of a lady named Carol, who is or was, I'm not sure her current status a vice president at a business software company in Texas. Quite the educated gal. She had an MBA and extensive background in finance. Anyway, she got this new job. She was supervising this company's books, transactions, all that stuff. And she got to work from home. But she was well paid. At least for this poor country girl. She was paid 200 bucks an hour. Jump change. Come on. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I agree with you. That's not what you typically think of when you think of people that work from home, right? You're thinking of them more in terms of the, um, you know, people that are more line workers, things like Mm -hmm. that. And call center, call center. But I I have to say, though, I was at lunch the other day with an attorney or actually I was with a client um, in his office and he was complaining about not being able to hire uh, associates. And uh, and how they didn't want to come to the office anymore. They wanted to work from home. And they were like, you know what? I can make $200,000 a year working from home. So that's a pretty good gig. If I go work from in, in somebody's office, well, now I got to bill 600 grand because after all the expenses and the splits and everything else, I'm going to make 200 grand. So I might as well stay at home from the beginning. So the whole work from home thing is really diversifying in terms of the size of the workplace and the kinds of work that they're doing and the prices they're being able to charge. True. Anyway, back to our story. Carol started noticing that her paychecks were a tad short every single time. And so she started to investigate the way her employer was monitoring their employees using high-tech software. It monitored her keyboard activity and every 10 minutes took photos of her and her work 
and only paid her when she appeared busy, according to their definition. You know, this this is a problem <clears throat> where you pay people to show up instead butts of and paying, seats. butts and seats instead of paying them for actual results. Paying for results and this shouldn't be the issue. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I think of all the work I go through just to get ready for this podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? You rolled out of bed and looked. I, just I like rolled this. out this way. <laughs> Can you imagine me working every ten minutes knowing, oh, there's a photograph. Oh, there's another photograph. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to know if she agreed to this intrusion in her workplace, and if she did, is this on her? She may have and didn't realize it. I mean, if she didn't read her employment agreement, maybe it was in the employment agreement. She just didn't know it. Well, from what the transcript of the podcast said, she did know there would be some sort of monitoring system. She didn't know it was Big Brother snapping a picture of her and seeing if her um, mouse was moving every 10 minutes. I mean, she did not sign up for that. Well, so if I'm doing work that doesn't require my computer... Like I could be at the printer. I could be looking at a printed spreadsheet. I could be reviewing something that's been printed out or talking on the phone. There's, you know, there's a whole myriad of things that I could be doing that don't require my electronics. I'm not looking at my computer. So how are those things handled? I mean, I stand at that printer usually about 10 minutes a day, just cussing at it. <laughs> Would that be recorded? Cause it was work. I was not. Oh, I'd be recorded. It. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she'd been in the office, not as big a deal, right? But Big Brother has to follow you home to make sure you're a good employee. Evidently, she did understand there'd be monitoring. But like I said, she had no clue about that picture thing. Well, what about, I mean, like normal coffee breaks, cigarette breaks, bathroom breaks? How do, I mean, Absolutely. How's that handled? I mean, I the podcaster was saying, well, a lot of times you'll get a document in your hand. You'll get up. Oh, I'm going to go make a pot of coffee. And you're reading the document and you're making notes. And then you come back and you type an email off that. Well, weren't you working while you went to get the coffee? I mean, even if you're in office, you're allowed to go get a cup of coffee and you're still on the clock. Right. So, yeah, that that was a huge deal. The Times actually began investigating employers monitoring of the employees and I don't just mean the work from home crowd. There was an instance where people had been clamoring. We want to work from home. We want to work from home. So the employer said, okay, one day a week, you can pick, you can stay at home, but I'm going to monitor you all five days, even Not when they're in the, the office, one, all five days. Wow. So I go Monday through Thursday and I got a camera on me taking pics. And then when I go home, it's still there taking pics. But people were fully apprised of the situation and they signed off on it. And in the podcast, they call it the bargain. Mm. That's the price they're willing to pay to get to work from home one day. Well, and I think they pointed out that like eight out of the 10 largest companies in the U.S. are doing some sort of monitoring. And one of the things I thought was interesting is every company is looking for efficiencies, right? They're trying to find better ways to Sure. Do their work for all kinds of stuff. I mean, Henry Ford was the master of the the um, assembly line, right? Mm -hmm. He was looking for little efficiencies. And uh, so it isn't just a continuation of the assembly line. This is actually looking for better way, uh, ways to make things work better. And who can fault that? Right. 
Seems like every good idea has a bad cloud behind it. Well, who's chief among but, that on efficiencies these days? Your buddy? I'm sorry. You think of Jeff and my hand automatically goes up. <laughs> yeah, I love exactly. a man who shows up every day on my doorstep with something fun. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> but that's true. Amazon had the mark on this years ago because they were wanting to make their line more efficient, get my needed packages to me overnight. I mean, the other day I was putting a liner in the trash can and I was out flat out. Like I couldn't tell that was happening. I just forgot to put it on the list. And I was like, uh, I don't want to run to Walmart. So I came over here and ordered another sack of trash bags. And they said it will be delivered between four and eight tomorrow morning. I thought, live without a trash liner for that long it got here at 7 10 the next morning wow and i think i ordered it on a sunday night yeah i was setting out the trash so i ordered it on a sunday night and it was here monday morning love me some jeff okay so so amazon's big on you know tracking everything etc but aren't there some good reasons for doing all of this i mean what about employers who don't know what their employees are doing when they can't see them. They, um, you know, I've heard of situations where an employee is working two jobs at the same time on the same hours mm -hmm. and, um, you know, watching porn, playing video games, whatever. Yeah. The, the interesting part of this that I guess I hadn't really realized, but it makes sense. All this started long before the pandemic. The pandemic just ramped it up exponentially and we're hearing about it now, but this mm -hmm. has been going on for a long time. How do you monitor your employees? I mean, oh. I, I remember when I was working for a large unnamed insurance agency, <laughs> insurance brokerage, <laughs> um, the office manager, because my direct report, she rolled in about nine or nine 30, but then she'd stay late. And I was always there early every morning my uh the office manager would come strolling through with her pop tarts and her pop tarts and her coffee and we'd sit and jaw jack about the rangers and i just thought she's been friendly till my coworker said you know why she comes by every morning I'm like because we talk about the rangers she goes jan she's making sure you're here and they kind of colored me you know just colored my vision but she was right and she had a right to walk by I'm trotting out at 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. You need to know I was there at 7 or 7.30. That's part of her but job. But it was so much more agreeable because she had her pop tots and her coffee, and we talked about the Rangers. This is just a picture. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is, this is much more just cold, hard facts, ma'am. You know, it's not, it's, you know, you're not going to sit there and chat up the Rangers with this software. Um, well, actually, I would, but I'm weird. Most <laughs> well, people would not. Fence post, but anyway. <laughs> One of the companies that was mentioned in the daily podcast that was doing all this was one called Upwork. And uh, and we've used Upwork uh, quite a few times. So Upwork's great because you go on and, and you say, I want somebody to help me, you know, optimize my um, SEO on my website or help me write an article or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. There's a million different things they'll do. And and they do it and it's inexpensive depending on where they're doing it from. And it's 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 great. But in the podcast, they were saying that their employees had um, the screenshots being taken for Upwork to pay them, but many were not submitting their screenshots 
So apparently the employee in this situation had the option to send those screenshots or not. And some of them were not sending them because they were distracted. They needed to answer a, tick, a kid's text, whatever. And they just were like, I don't want my employer seeing me looking like that or doing whatever. And so they would just delete it and forego that money. But they wanted a perfect record. So they looked perfect, even though they were actually doing more work than they were paid for because they kept that image up. And you know what? That's their prerogative. I just hate to think they're under that kind of stress and strain to make a particular performance, pay grade, whatever, that they felt it was more important that they not get paid than to show up, you know, don't hand me a book with a miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they're worried about the clock watching them. Yeah. And we're all so focused on watching the clock. But you know, this is not new. This has been the way it's been in assembly lines and factories forever. And so, you know, it's, I think the big difference here is that it's affecting white collar work workers all of a sudden who aren't used to being monitored this way. And all of a sudden it's a big deal, which I'm thinking the blue collar workers, especially on the assemblies lines are like, welcome to the club, you know, <laughs> Bozo, <laughs> <Schmuck>. whatever. <laughs> but, you know, so Many employees are frustrated with this. Employees are frustrated with this system, but there are some who actually like it, which I thought was interesting because some of them are willing to be monitored so they don't have to go to the office. We know you mentioned that earlier, but others liked it because it helped them keep focused and efficient, mm -hmm. focused mm -hmm. on what was important. They didn't waste their time on unproductive tasks. It helped them uh, stay focused. And it basically was sort of a business version of a Fitbit. Yeah, I noticed you put in here something that I'd left out of my version. I really didn't like this, but it's probably true. Women over men seem to like this system better because it doesn't give credence to schmoozing. And if you happen to be a woman that likes to schmooze, then I don't like this reference here. But and you see it a lot in the offices. The women are doing more of the manual clerical work. And the men are over there talking in the meetings and they're both getting paid and usually the men are making more. And so I think that maybe people are thinking this levels the playing field because, hey, I wasn't over right. there jaw jacking, smoking a cigarette, getting a cup of coffee. I was here at my desk working. Well, because I think in general, women are probably a little bit more task oriented than men. I mean, that's a generalization that's, you know, all generalizations are false. But in general, it seems like more women are focused on that. It seems like women has, uh, historically have had more responsibilities outside the office with family. And um, so, you know, given all that, they want to get their work done and move on, or they at least at a minimum want to be treated fairly. And if I'm doing the same work as a man, absolutely, why shouldn't I get paid the same? If I'm a minority, why should I not get paid the same as anybody else? Um, and so if this is going to monitor the output and therefore treat you the same way as it does everybody right. else. In a lot of ways, that's a good thing. Leveling the playing field. Kind of interesting that my pure mind didn't go here, but someone's did. A whole new industry has cropped up oh. because of this. And now there's videos, there's uh, accoutrement to help you outsmart the system. Have you ever heard of a mouse jiggler? Uh, not before this podcast. And if I had, I wouldn't have thought it was what this 
actually thinking is. there's a dance pole involved somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know that I want to go there, but I'm never going to that website again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, you you attach it to your mouse. It jiggles the mouse, uh, imitating movement, but it doesn't attach to your software, and it's undetectable by your company's IT department. Wow. Who thinks up this stuff? Wow. I mean, there are YouTube videos that teach you how to outsmart the system. I'm thinking, do they have one of those placards with my face on a picture and put it in front of the camera? Exactly. I mean, that's where I was going with this, because if you have something that's moving the mouse, but then it takes a photo and I'm not there or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, doesn't that confuse the system? And they're going I mean, to uh, start paying Casper the friendly ghost your paycheck because you're working, but you're not there. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that's a disconnect in this. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess there's multiple ways that these systems work, but that monitor, but I guess some allow for the jiggling. And I mean, I know I've taken continuing education online. I was just going to say. <laughs> and, you know, that required you to move the mouse every so often, or it would assume you weren't involved. So a jiggler on that would be, would work well. It's interesting, this the story circled back around to Carol, our lady in the first example. The man who created the software that took the pictures and monitored everything actually installed it on his computer and tried it himself. It led to stress and anxiety. He hated his own invention. <laughs> Though some companies are starting to back off and not use this. Well, he they, even said it was, he thought it was dangerous. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm not sure how that was dangerous exactly, but I thought that was interesting. It led to stress smoking. <laughs> well, I can see how this could be useful, but it could also be destructive at the same time. So like I said at the beginning, if you'll pay people for results mm-hmm. and not for just showing up, that will solve a lot of the problems. I, I always like Dave Ramsey. He He's big, big, big on paying people for results. And he always said, I'd I'd pay the receptionist by production if I could figure out a way to yeah, do put that. her on commission if he could put figure on out commission, how. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't figure it. Yeah. <clears throat> that would solve a lot of problems so long as you are paying for what really matters. You've got to the have key. the stated outcome. If somebody really needs to make a lot of cold calls, but your pay structure rewards them for sending out emails, there won't be a lot of cold calls dialed. So no. I think again, clearly stating what the goal is. And making yep. sure the employee understands it is what's most important. Well, every business needs systems. If you don't have systems, you know, you're kind of uh, lost in a lot of ways. You don't really know what's coming next, especially when you're trying to train people. You know, we're, we've been in the process of hiring. We had a new guy start a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully we'll have a couple of more here soon. We got to have systems. And in mm-hmm. fact, I was interviewing a woman last night. And one of the things she asked me is, what does your training program look like? Well, mm-hmm. our training program is a system. We have to have a system because systems give people structure. And I remember the last company I worked for, it was about a 92-year-old company when I joined them, 95-year-old company, something like that. But they had totally changed the way they were doing business, the kinds of things they were doing. And we didn't have policies and procedures in place for this new thing. And that didn't really matter because we didn't have a lot of people at the time. We could all get in a room and talk about it. And it was, was pretty easy. But as we grew new employees were like, well, where are the policies and procedures? <laughs> they wanted to know what's expected of me. Right. What, how are you going to judge me? And so systems are really important. They just need to be structured to focus on what matters to get the desired results. And uh, and they need to be openly understood by everyone involved. And that's a big part of this 
this thing we did with the daily today, you know, it was workplace surveillance and surveillance always gives you the connotation that people Creepy. don't know you're, well, they don't know you're doing it. And so if you know you're, they're doing it, you've signed off on that. That's part of your agreement from going in from the mm-hmm. beginning, then all right, fine. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast. As always, we're brought to you by our friends over at Riata. Bob, any last words of wisdom? We love you. Come back. Tell your friends. <laughs> and you give next. us a good rating on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, leave a comment, even if it's a good Absolutely. comment. And we'll see you next time. Bye.